This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Bishop Julius, would you and Ruth like to come up? I'm not going to talk. I'm going to turn it over to you guys, man. You guys got the goods. I don't want to shortchange your time. Hey, man, I just want to say this as, as I turn this over to the Marars. I was talking last night. I think I've known you guys. We've been partners about 10 years or yes, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, about 10 years. And, uh, you know, they stayed at our place yesterday. They were following us to church this their car. As we drove past the Marine base, I looked in the mirror, and I looked over there. I said, you know what? That's one of the most powerful men of God that I've ever known. I said, here we are coming up the road. We got a man that goes to these other countries with his life, his life in jeopardy with the protection of Jesus. Going in and out amongst all those Muslims and different people that hate Christians. He's going in and out of there. I asked him last night, how about, I said, about how many, how many months a year are you going? He said, about eight months of the year. He's in and out of those nations there. So I'm just telling you now that you're in the presence of a mighty couple of God. That's doing great works. So we're part. Let's stand up. Let's stand up out of honor. And give them a, a welcome. Amen. 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 So, thank you, Jesus. We're so blessed. You can be seated. Thank you, thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's been a while, huh? I, I, I was missing you guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, I live right next door here and uh, didn't get to see you very often and... Uh, I told Ruth, I said, Ruth, we got to go. And thank God he has got, uh, everything is on appointed time. You know, I just preached a message yesterday uh, in India. Uh, I do video messaging every, I've been doing last 15 years. And I record messages when I'm not there, upload it on internet. And several churches over there, they download it. And uh, after the service, like, you know, the preliminary worship and all of that, then they put me up there. And I'm doing a series on Genesis, and I would like to share this morning with you the book of Genesis. But uh, I preached about Joseph going down into the pit. And uh, seven times, the pit is mentioned seven times there. And there are seven experiences that God wants us to have in a pit. You know what pit stands for? Profit in making, in training. Profit in training. That's what pit is. And uh, I just thank God that God gave me and Ruth this opportunity that we could come and share what we have uh, in our hearts. A very hostile, very dangerous, a lot of opposition living among um, 98% of heathen uh, Hindus and Muslims, Buddhist and Chinese, uh, pagan religion, religion that worship millions of gods, rats, cows, monkeys, cobras are worshipped. Their eyes are completely blocked and blinded. And uh, they cannot see that there is one God up in heaven. And we are working. We had the opportunity to, you know, just stay here. But then I could remember uh, 
what he has done for me. You know, Jesus came from heaven and died for us. See, our problem is that our memory is a very short memory. There are a lot of uh, Alzheimer struck or there's another disease called uh, dementia, right? Dementia. That's a short memory. You know, one time I went to this uh, Apple store where they sell iPhones. And they have just come out of the new model of iPhone. And there were three models uh, on the display. One was 525, another was 825, another was 1125. So I called the sales girl. I said, okay, so this one is expensive because their screen is bigger. And she said, no. I said, oh, so this one is bigger because this is thinner. She said, no. I said, oh, so this is brighter than this one. She said, no. I said, oh, this has got more battery than the other one and that's why it's expensive. She said, no. I said, so what's the difference? I don't see no difference. And she said, the memory. The memory. I said, what does that mean? She said, the least expensive has 64 gigabytes. The another one is 128 gigabytes. And the most expensive is 256. So you mean just the memory makes it so expensive? And she said, yes. The whole computer or the whole uh, the, the, the device is based on memory. You take the memory out. You know, you put your contact in there. Contact. Where does the contact live? In the memory. You delete the memory and there is no contact. All your photographs, where is it? In the memory. You take the memory out and I don't know how many of us are living in such a limited memory. You know, two women, after Jesus was crucified, three days and three nights, without the memory. Look at what were they doing. They were busy in preparing the ointment to put it on a dead Jesus. What are you guys doing? Three days and three nights. Listen to this, very interesting. Those ointments were not cheap ointment. I mean, you know, you put a lot of stuff in there. Your mummies that you, you see, they are embalmed with those ointments. And three days and three nights they were busy in preparing the ointment to put it on the body of a dead Jesus. What would you do with a dead Jesus, folks? Come on. I don't need a dead Jesus. And they... Okay, so next morning, they bring the holy stuff to the tomb. And guess what? Jesus is not there. So they find two angels there. And do you know what, what happened there? Listen to this. Angel said, who are you seeking? Well, Jesus. You mean with Jesus or a dead Jesus? Because we got ointment to put on his body. Really? He's not here. He's risen. And then, listen to this. Then the angels make a statement that Apple got from there. Angel said, don't you remember what he said when he was in Galilee? Duh. Three days and three nights. All the money gone in the waste. He has already told them that he is going to meet them in Galilee. Remember that? 
But the problem, they were suffering with dementia. And Christians, even till today, we have short-term memory. We are suffering with Alzheimer, spiritual Alzheimer, and spiritual dementia. Sunday morning, no, no, no. We remember boating and fishing and hunting and everything but the church. Bible says, I beseech thee, brethren, sister and two, I beseech thee, brethren, do not forget the mercies of God. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and, and forget not his benefits. It's not that we are bad people. It's not that we are, you know, is the problem with our dementia. <laughs> if you can just remember what he has done for you. With the Israelites, same thing. Folks, you read uh, one of the Psalms, it says that God would help them and God would give them food and God will give them way and water and everything and soon they will forget it. Suffering with the spiritual dementia. And our problem is, I guarantee you, if you sit down and start refreshing your memory, you know what happens? How do you refresh your memory? You delete stuff from it. Because memory has a problem of getting filled up. And the only way you can get rid of, I mean, you can refresh the memory or can claim it by deleting the things that you don't need. And I think we need to refresh our memory and say, Jesus, I want to see, I want to remember what you have done for me. And that's why, as I said, with all the persecution, with all the threats, with all the opposition, folks, you come to India, I'll show you what persecution is, what the threat is, how people, you know, every day they call you, they threaten you with your life. In fact, our churches are not this free. There are people sitting in the crowd trying to find something that can blame you, that can hit you, that can harm you. Every day, somewhere or else, some Christians are being murdered, killed, abused, beaten up. And in that kind of hostile situation, we are preaching the gospel. I'm not glorifying all of that. I want to glorify my Father in heaven. He is still upon the throne. And up till now, God has been good to us. As I said, with all the other stuff, we are progressing. We are, I have a video, but it's not running, but uh, you know, you can watch it later. And uh, we have a school, we have printing press, we have audio video ministry, uh, we have uh, Bible college. Uh, we have church planting, Nepal, another bad situation over there. People are poor, not even one meal a day. Uh, rescuing the girls that are victim of human trafficking. Parents, they are selling their children because they don't have enough to eat for themselves. And the evil people, they come and they buy these girls and these kids. And not only that. They are not only being used for, you know, prostitution, all of that, but also you must have heard of uh, uh, 
body parts harvesting, you know, kidney and all of that. And they are being abused each and every day. The whole world is not like America, folks. Everybody doesn't have a running water. Everybody doesn't have a refrigerator. People are living in miserable condition. Miserable. Even with human standard, they are living worse than animals, if I would say that. And that's where you are helping us to go. Every time I go back with a greater determination. If I had enough funds to take care of that, I would never even come back here. Would be there and take care of the work, preach the gospel. And you know, it satisfies me. It gives me so much peace when I see people, hearts of people being converted. It's not the conversation, it's the conversion. Jesus did not just die for our body, he died for our soul. And it is our responsibility to go and preach the gospel. We got the good news, folks. Here we are holding the good news. Jesus called his disciples and says, make them sit in line. And take this bread and fish and go. You are going to go and feed them. You are going to put this fish and, and loaf in their plates. And that's what we are doing. God has already given us enough food right here in the word of God. And it is our responsibility to go. And people let people know that Jesus died for them too. I want to thank Pastor Sister Samples for their generosity. Their vision, their heart. You know, you have to have a heart for missions. We are so engaged here in America. You know, I, I live here too. And I know what's, what's going on here. And we are so much in cocoon. We think that this is the whole world. But as a Christian, we need to soar high like an eagle. We need to see that God loved the world, not just America. Of course, go to your Jerusalem, but don't forget the end of the world also. Because that's the beauty, that's the might, that's the power of our almighty God, that he can reach to the last person on this planet. And we are his hands and we are his feet. It is our, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We are the ambassadors for Christ. And I want to thank this church from the bottom of my heart. On behalf of all the people who are being served and saved in India and Nepal. Ruth and I are so, uh, you know, overwhelmed and so thankful to all of you. You may never get to see those people who have been saved through your sacrifice, through your love, through your prayers. But one day, when you will stand before the throne of judgment, you will have something in your hand to present it to the king. Our, 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 our cars and our homes and our, you know, properties are not going to go with us, but the souls that we have saved for Christ will. For the last 10 years, this church has been consistently helping us. Not just the monetary help, we need that. But with your love, with your care, uh, with your... Uh, Smile, you know, and uh, it, it encourages us. When you encourage me and Ruth, you are not just encouraging me. You are encouraging the work of the Lord, the kingdom of God over there in India and Nepal. You know, they just, uh, we, last week, they awarded Ruth and I with the Missionary of the Year Award. 
uh, over there in Greenville. And uh, I stood there and I said, this award is not just to me. It's to those people who have labored in the vineyard before us. One lady from Indianapolis, Indiana, in 1909, got the vision and went to India, found my grandfather and grandmother, established the work in 1911. And I'm proud to tell you that that work is still continuing on. My grandparents, my parents, Ruth's parents, they all have labored hard in the vineyard. And I said, you are not just honoring us, you are honoring the people who have gone before us and the people who will come after us. You have not just honored us, you have honored those who have come to Christ through this ministry. And this morning, I want to honor all of you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts on behalf of the children, of the girls that are victims of human trafficking. When we rescue them, we give them a safe place to live and stay and they carry on on their better life on behalf of them. I'm thanking you. That because of you, because of your sacrifice, because of your love and generosity, we are able to do, make a difference in the lives of a lot of people out there. And as I said, we are not just doing it humanitarianly. It is necessary as a human, we must help other humans. But on top of that, as I said, it is the soul that will count. We are not just helping them to have a better life. Of course, that is one way. But on, the, on top of that, we are making sure that their souls are being saved. Their bodies are healed, but at the same time, their mind is healed. Their souls are healed. And they come to the knowledge of Christ. Because He died for us. By his, listen, by His stripes we are healed. So healing was not just one purpose. If, if, if healing would have been the sole purpose, He would have been beaten up and he says okay enough that's it but he went upon the cross and he died upon the cross not just for our healing but for our souls to be saved he said i'm coming back i'm going to take you to a place where i live you live also amen i'm so glad that uh, pastor's children are taking care of uh, the the flock here and uh, i bless all of you you know i can go on and go on and thanking you and uh, I just want to say that let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. His coming is imminent. He's coming any time. And I want to, you know, Jesus said, A night cometh when no man can work. Let's work while it's still day. When we can do it. If we have little flour and little oil, let's bake a bread for somebody out there. Hallelujah. Even if we have two fish and five loaves, give it in the hands of Jesus. Let somebody else be fed with that. You are not going to go hungry, believe me. Even if you have two mites, give it in the hands of Jesus. Put it in the treasury and God will bless you evermore. Try him. Bible says, try me. Taste and see. See how good I am. I will bless you more than you can imagine. And I want to challenge and encourage America and Americans. This land is blessed because this land has blessed others. It is U.S. right now that is supporting the gospel preaching in the world. And it, if you read the history, every country that supported gospel preaching, God blessed that nation. England was one, one country that sent all the old missionaries from Great, Great Britain. But then they become calloused. 
they became entertainers. And everything was, God bless them. And they said, we don't need any more, you know. We don't need to send the missionaries. And look where England is right now. They are facing, in fact, if they don't get out of this Brexit thing, they say that in next two years, England economy will be one of the worst economy in Europe. They are going through a very bad crisis. You know, the London's mayor is a Muslim. I mean, can you imagine Great Britain, where we get the King James Version Bible from? I mean, can you imagine that nation preach the gospel throughout the world? You take all the old missionaries. I mean, even this country was blessed and was occupied by the people who wanted freedom of religion, not religion of Hindu and Muslim and Buddhist. They wanted the freedom of religion, Christianity, Christian religion. And we must fight back to keep this nation under God, one God. Hallelujah. And it's not about the crowd. It's not about majority or minority. It's about somebody standing up. There were more than 5,000 people out there. Nobody had the lunch. But one lad had just two fish and five loaves. And everybody got satisfied. If one person, can you imagine, as I said, as I mentioned, one lady from Indianapolis, Indiana, in 1909, young girl, 19 years of age, get the, gets the vision without any support, goes to India, establishes the work. And can you imagine thousands and thousands of Indian and Nepali people have come to Christ, have come to the knowledge of gospel because of one girl from Indianapolis, from another country, followed the commandment, the vision that God gave it to her. Hundred years, more than hundred years later, we are still preaching the gospel in that land. So instead of looking into the mirror and thinking that, getting intimidated, what can I do and what can I do? It's not us. It's not me. But by the Spirit, said the Lord. If you can have that zeal, hmm, hallelujah. God doesn't need majority or a crowd. God needs somebody who can stand for him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A lot of miracles. Just recently, one 12-year boy had his, almost his kidney failure. Had to go through several dialysis. And we prayed for that boy. And the doctor said that there is no hope. There is no hope. Maybe one or two percent. Within a week, and the doctor said, even if he's going to get recovered, it will take about six months for him to recover. Within a week, week, all the machines were taken out. He stood on his feet, sent a video that how God has healed him because of the answer of prayer. He's still a miracle working God, folks. Bible says his hands are not shortened yet that he cannot save. It is our responsibility to remember. <laughs> Bless the Lord of my soul. And forget not his benefits. Let's not get infected with dementia and spiritual Alzheimer. <laughs> Let's keep our memory fresh. More memory, higher the price. Yes. Go and talk to the Apple people. They'll, they'll give you a price. 
They'll coach you on that. Believe me. Hire the memory. That's all. Every phone that, that comes with it. Hire the memory. Not only that, I remember when I was in kindergarten or maybe in primary school. The guy, you don't know him, but it's all right. He was always teacher's favorite. Not because he was good looking, not because he was rich, not because he was fat, not because he was thin. Because he could remember. Next day, Julius would not remember nothing what was taught, what was taught yesterday. But that guy could. And teacher said, oh, how nice you are, how good you are. Here is your reward. What? Because he can remember. Okay, Julius, because he is my favorite, because he, is, he can remember. Do you want to become favorite of God? <laughs> Get a reward every day? Forget not his benefit. <laughs> and that will make you favorite of God. This morning, let me give you something from the word of God, if that's alright with you. Amen? Hallelujah. No matter how much you plow your field, until you sow the seed, you're not going to get no harvest, right? It's the seed, not the combine, not the tractors. Do we need them? Yes, we do. But tra- tractors don't grow. <laughs> and combines don't grow. It's the seed that brings forth the harvest. Word of God is the seed. As I said, I'm doing a series on uh, Genesis. And I got to know that uh, God is not going to give you another blessing. The blessing is already given to us. You don't need to ask God to give you another sun. I mean, I'm talking about the sun and moon. No, no, I don't like this sun. Too hot. Change it, God. No. It's there. Just one, one sun that God created in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, same sun. You don't need another moon, right? Oh, we have already landed on this one. Give us another moon. No, no, no. This is going to be the same moon. The blessing is already given to whom? To Abraham. And in Galatians, it says that, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14, you can read it later on, it says that that the blessing of Abraham might come unto Gentiles through Jesus Christ. No other blessing. You didn't need to, because God has already given the full package to Abraham. And this morning, I want to challenge you and give you something different. That what was one of the biggest blessings that Abraham got. If you have your Bibles with you, either you turn it on or you turn it over. (laughs) If you have it in electronics, turn it on. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. With all the blessings, until you know... Abraham's blessing, how you are going to claim it? If your dad leaves a will for you, and it is in a sealed envelope, until you open and break the seal, how would you know what your dad has left for you? Right? You have to open the envelope, break the seal, take the things out, and read it. Then you can claim, oh, that belongs to me, that belongs to me, dad has given. Our problem is we don't even know what the blessing of Abraham is. Let me give you one of the finest blessings, one of the most, uh, you know, cherished blessing that God gave 
to Abraham. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, tested actually, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering, upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Heavenly Father, thank you for this manna, for our souls. We want you to open our eyes that we can see the blessing of Abraham. So that we can inherit that. We can claim that. And bless not only us, but our generation that would come. In Jesus' name, Amen. Remember, Abraham's blessing was for generation. Of course, he is going to be blessed. But God gave him the blessing that your generation, there will be nation. So from Abraham to Isaac. From Isaac to Jacob. From Jacob to, uh, to Joseph. And then onward till today. Whatever we are enjoying this morning in 2019, it's the same blessing that God gave Abraham. Now in 22nd chapter it says, after these things. After what things? After what things? After chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and the end of 21 chapter. After those things. What were in those things? That's why I said we need to study and read the Bible and the Word of God over and over. If we are going to be judged, if we are going to be saved, it's by the word of God. If you remember the parable that Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus, at the end, rich man says, I have five brothers down there. Would you send Lazarus? And he said, no, they got Moses and the prophets. Means they got books. They can read that. Nobody's coming. And aren't you glad that we got Moses the prophets, the New Testament, everything, the whole package is with us. Don't expect somebody else to come and give you something else. It is right here. Abraham made it very clear. He said, they got Moses and the prophets. They don't need nothing else. And aren't you glad that you are reading this morning Moses? Because Genesis was written by Moses. So we got Moses. Amen. Can you say amen on that? So we got Moses. And that's what we are studying and listening this morning. After these things, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and the end of 21. What was God doing? God was increasing, establishing the faith of Abraham. And also establishing the trust that Abraham can have in him. God was making Abraham understand that who God is. God said, I'm not going to give you nothing until you are drowned. You are completely buried in my word. In 12th chapter, God just gave him word. You come out of your father's land. 
You come out where you live. And I'll give you a place. Where is it? I'll show you later on. Not right now. You have to believe my word and follow me. After these things, God tested Abraham. And you know, it is not a rocket science. The test always comes after you are taught and studied and read the lesson. So from chapter 12 to chapter 21 was the lesson that God was teaching Abraham. And one of the biggest blessings is when somebody is ready for the test. You, you, I tell you what, not everybody can be tested and everybody is not eligible for the test. Everybody has gone through school system here. And you know when you take the admission, the teacher doesn't throw the test at you right away. Because you have not been taught the lesson. So the teacher waits until you get to the point where teacher knows, okay, now you are ready for the test. And one of the biggest blessings, folks, this morning, just give me your few minutes of your attention. And I will encourage you. There are a lot of clouds that we have in our mind. And I'm praying that God will remove all the cloud and let you see clearly where you are standing in the kingdom of God. Tests are not persecution, okay? Tests are not opposition. Don't let your kid come and say, you know, mama, my teacher doesn't like me. What happened? She's giving me a test. No, because she's finding you eligible that you can be tested. What, listen to me, not everybody, the test, not everyone goes through the test. Let me put it the other way. Every product that you see around here, the chair that you see, the microphone that you see, the carpet you see, the roof you see, everything has gone through the test. The chair that you are sitting, do you know why you are sitting so comfortably and so trustfully? Because it has been tested that it can take your weight. No product is a product until it is tested. <laughs> there are millions and millions of products every day are made in the factories. But not every product makes it to the market until they are tested. After they are tested. You know, I mean, go to a factory. And they have research and development that's called R&D department, right? Research and development. They keep researching. But only the product that is finished and that can go through the test and pass the test goes into the market to be sold. So God waited from chapter 12. Did not give him a test in chapter 12. But after all these things, God knew that now Abraham is ready for a test. And just imagine, if your child cannot go to another class without passing the test, what do you think that how would you go on a higher level until you pass the test? This morning, I want to encourage you, don't fail the test of God. If you are going through some difficult time, and then you feel that you are all by yourself. You know, interestingly, the same teacher that was so friendly a day before and giving you all the tips and tricks of the lesson, all the answer, 
she or he is completely quiet and indifferent when you are taking a test. Have you seen that? And you look at teacher. Teacher, how about this? What's the answer? I don't know. Really? But you were so friendly to me the other day. Yeah. But that was not the testing time. This is a testing time. Have you ever find yourself in a situation where you feel like the sky has become brass? Your, 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 your prayers are not even penetrating even the roof of the church. <laughs> you find yourself all by yourself. Even people have become indifferent. Even your own people, husband and wife and children and family people have become so indifferent. God is taking you through a test. Our problem is we associate everything with sin. We associate everything that we have done something wrong. No. You remember one time they brought a blind man to Jesus and they asked Jesus, who did sin? His parents or him? Jesus said, none of them. It is because of the glory of the Lord. I'm taking him through a test. Whether he can go and wash his eyes in the pool of Shiloh. Can he obey my commandment? Has he got enough trust in me? And God is testing Abraham. If Abraham could have been tested, what makes you and I think that God is not going to test us? Let me give you a few things about the test. Harder the test, better the product. I said harder the test, better the product. Do you know how they become doctors and engineers and all of that, lawyer? Not because they have studied medical. I can give you all the medical book. You can read it. Not necessarily you pass the test. <laughs> you can read all the law books. Not necessarily you pass the test. <laughs> they have become lawyer and doctor and all those CEOs because they have passed the test. As I said, harder the test better the product. You know what makes the helmet a better helmet than other? Because harder they have been tested. You know when they make the helmet, they drop weight on those helmets. I don't know whether you have seen how they make the helmet, but that's how not only the make, how they put it in the market and how they price it. Because this one is $100, this is $200, this is $300, $500. What, what's the difference? Because the $500 can take more weight, can make, take more impact, because it has gone through a harder test. All of us are thinking, God, don't take me through a test. As I said, when your little kid cannot go from kindergarten to first grade or second grade without the, passing the test, no matter you are the principal of the school, no matter you are the teacher of the school, oh, he's my kid, she's my kid, I'm just going to... No, 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 you are just making it worse. And God wants to put us on display in front of this world. Thank you, Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A fiery test. When they came out, they didn't have to preach a three-day revival for people to get convinced that what God they believed in. When Daniel was put through the test, lion's test, how does he respond to the lions and the den? When he came out, he didn't have to hold 
seven step of this and seven step of that. How to deal with the lions. No, 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 no. It was already done. Harder the test, better the product. Christians, do you want to go on a higher level? And you know, interestingly, interestingly, when your kid passes the test, bigger test and bigger test and harder test, do you know who gets most pride and who really gets proud of? The mama and daddy. If he is your father in heaven, when you pass the test, do you know who really gets happy? It's your father in heaven. He feels so proud. He told the devil, he said, have you seen my son? <laughs> have you seen my saint? Have you seen Job? Oh my goodness. God was bragging on him. God wants to brag on you and I, folks. When your, when your kid failed the test, who had the saddest face? Not the kid. He's okay. But not you. You feel so ashamed. You feel so embarrassed. When we fail the test. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't fail the test of God. You know, interestingly, when you take a test, uh, making excuses will not help you pass the test. <laughs> oh, I've got headache. i got fever. i got this. Yeah, you can make all sorts of excuses. That is not going to help you pass the test. There were four guys. They parted all night. And they had to take a test in the morning. They were not prepared for the test because all night was the party night, right? So next morning, what are they going to do? So they make up, made up a story. They went to the teacher and said, Sir, yesterday night we went to a friend's funeral and, you know, while we're coming back, we got a flat on our tire. One tire got flat and we had to push it and we came late to our dorm apartment and we were not ready to study. And can we take the test some other day? And the teacher said, all right, maybe tomorrow. By the time you guys can study and, you know, get prepared, all right, we can take it. So next day, they come to the school and the teacher said, all right, are you guys ready for the test? And they said, yes, we are. All right. So the teacher said, all of you are going to sit in separate classrooms, not in one classroom, but four different classrooms. All right. They all sat in four different classrooms. The answer sheet was given to them. Only two things to write. Your name and which tire was that. Go figure. Which tire was that? And everyone is thinking whether it was passenger side or the rear one. <laughs> because it was all a made up story. There was no tire that got flat. And that's what we think to have excuse. We, you know, I don't know how it is in America, but in India... When people miss church, they call me. They said, Pastor, because of this, I said, don't tell me all of that. Tell him. He knows everything where you were. Don't give me no excuse. I'm not going to give you the salvation. I'm not going to give you the blessing. I'm here to just help you get there. Three of them made 
All kinds of excuse. I have bought a piece of land. I need to go and see. You remember that? In the supper? I have bought five pieces of oxen. I'm going to prove them. I just got married to a wife. Why would you like to get married with a wife? Get married with a girl, not a wife. Yeah. Excuses will not help you pass the test. One another is interesting thing. Let's read here. And it came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. Abraham said, sir, I am very busy. Yes, that was an excuse because Abraham was not an ordinary Abraham. He had a dynasty. He was a small king. I mean, you read all the stuff that he had, all the goats and, you know, uh, servants and the business that he was holding. He was one of the richest guy in that land. And him and Lot has so much stuff that they had to be separated. And a guy who is holding that kind of business, that kind of property, has he got time for God? Let me give you another tip of passing your test. Be present. <laughs> Your proxy will not make you pass the test. <laughs> Be present. Your availability. And God called Abraham and God said, I am busy in the board meeting. I got to go and do the business thing. God, I am not available right now. The first thing you do, you fail the test because you are not available. You know, when you get into the classroom to take a test, they call, they give you a roll call, right? That's what they, they say. And what do you say? Present, here, I am. How, how do they do that here in America? What do you say? Like in India, we say, present sir or present ma'am. Do you guys do that here too? Like lift up your hand, says yes. Is there anyone available here for God this morning? Now, I don't see all the hands. There are some people missing here, right? Amen. God. And he said, behold, here I am. Forget about my business. Forget about all the property that I have. I am here. I remember a few years ago, uh, one of our uh, neighbor uh, lady died. And uh, she had a young daughter. And next morning was her test. The girl's test. And at night, her, her mother dies. I mean, you know, you can imagine the state that she, that girl was. She was not ready to take the test. So in the morning when the school got, heard the news that her mother died, Principal and teacher, they came to that house and they told that girl, that girl, if you can just be present in the test room or in the school room, we can mark you present and then we can give you grace mark or something and then you can, but you got to be present in the classroom. We cannot help you and pass the test by putting A or absent. That's why I don't care about seven day Adventist, but I do care for seven-day absentists. There are a lot of people who are absent on seventh day. They are not in the house. That's why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Don't fail the test of God. God tested Abraham. Do you know when? After these things. And I know there are many of you that are ready, you are eligible to take a test of God. Because God has already given you words and words and words and he has made you trust. 
in a test the place or the venue and the timing is determined by the examiner not by the examinee you don't determine the place and the time god does you don't tell teacher i want i would like to have a test in mcdonald's i'm sitting in a mcdonald's or in burger king no the teacher will de- determine where the test is going to be hallelujah god says <laughs> god determined he said take your only son specify because if god would have say, said take your son well ishmael was already there to be sacrificed you know he would love to sacrifice ishmael <laughs> but not isaac right god specified and said your only son you love and his name is not ishmael his name is isaac <laughs> we try to manipulate our teacher our examiner god what about just 10 dollars for missionary offering what about just 5 dollars i have got little oil and little flour go bake a bread well sir can i do it like maybe half of it you know because i got my son and me so we will eat half and you eat half bake a bread first for me not the half not one fourth not one third he specified you bake the bread and bring it to me when god specifies don't try to manipulate the question that will not help you pass the test we try to alter the question <laughs> well can we do it uh, <laughs> this way teacher can 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 i change the uh, the question can i do it like this no whatever is given you better do it listen in your test your uh arguments standing up and arguing with teacher i don't care i don't do this i don't do that well you can leave <laughs> your stiffneckness as the bible says your stubbornness your rebellion spirit will not help you pass the test in the test you just put your head down and start writing your answer irabashi daralaba thank you jesus i have heard preachers saying that oh it was so hard for abraham where does that say where does that say not even once it says he rose up early in the morning what about the board meeting sir what about the business meeting sir that all can <laughs> be postponed but this is a testing time folks when it is testing time let everything be postponed your birthdays can be postponed your picnics can be postponed your vacation can be postponed because you are going to take a test because in a test is the examiner that's in control not the examinee we fail the test because we try to postpone the test the test will not be postponed your picnic can your vacation can 
on Sunday morning, make sure that you are here to learn. Because after these things, again, when God said to him, take your son Isaac, sacrifice him, burnt offering, he was ready, folks, because he has learned the lesson from chapter 12 to chapter 21. He knew it by heart. He was trusting on God. He had enough trust. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give you a very interesting thing here, which God gave it to me. That in your... Can I have a chair from the back, please? Somebody can, can get me a chair. Just a chair. Yeah, thank you. I'd like, like to give you this, this prop here. That in your faith... Listen to this. Very interesting. And that's what I teach there in India. To the Hindus and Muslims. So, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. So, in, in your faith... The object that you are having faith in is more important than your faith in itself. Listen to this again. This is my doctrine. Uh, You'll like it. When you have faith, well, you have faith in something, right? So the object in which you have faith is more important than your faith in itself. All right? So like this chair. So you have faith in this chair that this chair can hold your weight. And you are going around and you are talking to people, oh, I got faith in that chair. You know, I, I can sit and it can hold my weight and, you know, I can have fun and I can sit anytime I want. And your faith is so, so strong that we call jihad. <laughs> your faith is so strong that you are ready to do anything for that object. But what if one of the legs of this chair is broken? Your faith is strong, but the object that you have faith in is not strong enough. So with all your faith, you come and you sit, and it gives up, and you fall down. What happened to your faith? What happened to your faith? In other hand, even if your faith is little weak, but the object that you have faith in is strong enough, it can hold you. Very well. You have little faith. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I don't know whether, whether, but the chair is strong. The faith that you have in is strong enough. And you sit down. And even with your little faith, the chair has held your weight. With the religion of this world, their faith is strong. Believe me, their faith is stronger than you and I. But the object that they have faith in is not even there. (laughs) They don't even have a God out there. With Hindus worshipping 365 million gods, folks. Not one, not two, not three. 300. None of them is out there. And all their faith. I mean, they go and take a dip in in a river that is filled, is filled with dead bodies in minus so many degrees, they, 3 o'clock in the morning, they go and dip themselves. Dead bodies floating all over. Sewage everywhere. But the faith, the faith, the, the water, the Ganges water will cleanse them. There's nothing in there. So their faith fails. But with our God, she had a problem 12 years. She was weak. But the hem of his garment was strong enough. 
that guy, his faith was even not there. I'm talking about Lazarus because he was dead. But the faith that they had in was strong enough to call him out even after four days of death. Aren't you glad that your, your, the object that you have faith in is much more strong than our faith in itself. Hallelujah. And that he is not just a mighty God. He is an almighty God. And that's why we have a song that I am weak, but you are strong. Yes, my faith. Many times my faith is weak. I only have two mites. God, what can I do? Don't worry. It's not about your two mites. It's not by the, by, by, by the might and by the power, but by the Spirit, said the Lord. Yes, we are weak in many areas, financially, bodily, physically, mentally, I mean, many areas that we are weak. But aren't you glad that he is strong? The faith, my object of my faith is much stronger than anything else in this world. Abraham might be thinking, may have a small or little or weak faith, but he knew that (laughs) the God that he is trusting, he is strong enough. In 2020, I think 21st or 20th chapter of Genesis. It says, and Abraham was 99 years old. And God said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. What? I'm 99? You know what that means? I'm weak. That's all right. But your weakness will not make me weak. I am still the almighty God. And this morning, can I challenge you? You may be weak in some area. You may be in age. Maybe in physical. Somewhere you are weak. But aren't you glad that the God that you believe is an almighty God? And he said, walk before me and be thou perfect. He got up. I'll finish with this. Took his boy, (laughs) went to the mountain that God showed him, made an altar, put that boy, tied him up and put him on the altar. No, Bible says that present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? I mean, these are two contradictory words. Either you are living or you are sacrificed. Because if you are sacrificed, you are not living. Like uh, uh, the, the pig and uh, the chicken, they said, well, we got to do something for the pastor. And chicken said, well, I will lay an egg every day. And you provide ham and bacon for the pastor. And the pig said, yeah, right. That will be your offering. Mine will be a sacrifice. There is a difference between offering and sacrifice, folks. It's easy to give offering. It's hard to give a sacrifice. And Bible says, present your bodies not as an offering, but a sacrifice. But at the same time, living sacrifice. Listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be through with this. Very interesting. Only in our faith, in Christian faith. Nobody else. I mean, you know, every religion sacrifices. Muslims, they sacrifice. But you sacrifice dead God. But a living sacrifice, only the Bible, only the faith in Jesus can give you a life and a sacrifice life. I mean, what a beautiful mixture of two different things. Only faith in Jesus Christ. 
So he's, he has put the boy. And the Bible says, let me read it to you. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verse number 13. No test has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. Say it again. Who will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able. So here, Abraham has put his boy on the altar. Now he takes up the knife. So up till now, everything went well and Abraham could bear it. He was able to do up till now. But God was not in human sacrifice. He is not even today. He doesn't want a human sacrifice. And I'm pretty sure that that would be a little too hard. It would, Abraham would not be able to literally cut and sacrifice his boy. Now let's read this. So God is what? Faithful. Everybody say God is what? Say it again. Who will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able. But with the test. Not before the test. Not after the test. But in the test. Through the test. Yea, though I walk not bypass the valley of shadow of death, not fly over valley of death, or drive through the valley of death right here, up there, right? Yeah. But I go through the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Listen to this. Beyond what you are able, but with temptation, will also make the way... To exit. Wow. In that test. Now Abraham was not able to literally cut his boy. He was not able and God knew that. And God said I'm not into that. Your sacrifice is going to be a living sacrifice. And God said there is a ram out there. Pick that ram and sacrifice. See, that is the beauty of the mightiness of our God. That he can not only let you sacrifice, but give you life and life eternal at the same time. He said, Abraham, I have already accepted your sacrifice. It is not just a sacrifice, it is a living sacrifice. That boy came out of that altar, a living boy. Our problem is that we do not understand the power of the Almighty God. He can send you down into lion's den. That was a sacrifice, but when he came out, it was a living sacrifice. When they came out of the, 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 the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was a living sacrifice. And this morning, can I challenge you, no matter what you are going through, you are feeling that I am sacrificed, I am gone. But God is faithful. He will not let you go into something that you are not able. You know, even our worldly teacher, him or her, whatever, they know that if you are in fourth standard, she or he is not going to give you a tenth standard question. She knows it. He knows it. They are not going to give you something that you cannot pass. You can say, well, this is too hard. No, I've already taught you. You just don't remember. You are suffering with dementia or, you know, whatever. But I know that you can do it. And God knew that up till now, Abraham can do it. And God said, I have accepted it. Interestingly, 
is the teacher or the examiner who has given you the test knows what the answer is. Where the answer is completed. Many times, the answer is only one line. You can write the whole passage, whole paragraph. It doesn't mean nothing. The answer is in just one line. And God said, I have accepted it, and that's good enough. You have passed the test. This morning, can I challenge you? Don't fail the test of God. Your availability every Sunday, every time he calls you, you say, here I am. Close your eyes for a moment. Don't blame yourself because you are going through something. Just because you have not made it enough. You are going through financial crisis, your family crisis, different kind of crisis. Not necessarily that's because of your fault, because of your sin. You are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe God is taking through a test. Would you just keep calm and take the test? And say, here I am. You are faithful, Lord. No matter what you say. She was going through the crisis of food. Little flour and little oil. The test was, would you give that bread to the man of God? She passed the test. She never. She made a sacrifice because she said, we will eat it and we will die. She made the sacrifice, but never died. A living sacrifice. Many times God would specify, give this to him, give this to her, give this to the mission, give this to the church and do this for the church. Well, God, can I do this way and that way? Don't try to manipulate and change the question. That will not help you pass the test. Whatever comes your way, remember, God is faithful, will not let you go something that you are not able. In the temptation, in the test, He will make a way of exit. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.